Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, y'all. Sports Renaissance man, VFL, and Atlanta sports guy Chase Thomas here to first say thank you for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As our awesome, loyal subscribers know, every Thursday on this very show. Fangrass, John Taylor, and myself talk all things Major League Baseball all year round. Yeah, even in the offseason, which will be here before you know it with the World Series right around the corner. But uh, each and every week during the Major League Baseball season, and even after, we talk all things Major League Baseball. So if you're looking for your Major League Baseball fix each and every week on the podcast front, sports podcast front, we are the show for you as we talk about the rumors, games, playoffs, regular season, off-season news, uh, all kinds of stuff, coaching changes, managerial changes, GM changes, uh, player trades, all that and more each and every week on this very feed. If you're new, I hope you enjoy what you hear and you'll tune back in each week for one of the staples here on this daily national sports program. And remember, if you like what you hear, leave us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if that is indeed how you're listening to today's show. You can also write to us with your MLB questions or anything of the sort at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com, or you can also visit the show's new and awesome website, chasethomaspodcast.com, to learn all about the wonderful cast of characters like Fangraph's John Taylor, who join myself each and every week on this daily show. Thank you, as always, for your support, and if you're new, I hope that you'll stick around for future episodes and subscribe today. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, everything school HQ up there in New York City. My in-person friend, John Taylor of Fangraphs.com. Wow. I, I guess that's a thing when you finally do actually meet in real, in real space, mm. you get that upgrade. You're no longer just a person 
on the other end of a machine. You're a human being with real blood and a real heart. And a real love for Miller High Life. I do love my Miller High Life. If anyone from Miller High Life is listening, please send me your product. I will not do anything in exchange for it, but you should Mm. send me your product anyway. There you go. I mean, you would tweet about it on Blue Sky, maybe? Yeah, I mean... I just said tweet about it on Blue Sky. What a a word. Apparently, I'm not even sure if it's a joke, but the word is skeet. Um, it, which I don't, I, I know, I know, I know, I will not be calling it that. I just say post, post on blue sky, but yeah. What I'm hoping is they just buy Twitter, the name, and then just change it to Twitter. So we don't have to redo all of this, this whole process. It's already a blue logo. Just read, just go back to what it was. Just split them up. It's like that Simpsons episode where Homer becomes the sanitation commissioner and packs so much garbage into the ground that they have to move all of Springfield five miles over. (laughs) So same basic idea. There's too much trash in the ground, but yes, any company come at me and I will happily promote your product to my 700 followers on a closed invite beta social media site. So mm. big real estate opportunity there. It is free real estate as the meme goes. Hey, but you got to start somewhere, John Taylor. That's but true. no, we did meet in person watching the Tennessee Volunteers play the first half and only the first half. Uh, on Saturday afternoon at Printer's Alley up there in New York. It was a great, great spot. It was deep. What did you what did you uh, take away, John Taylor, from your first SEC fan base uh, get together? There was about as much banjo as I was expecting. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd ever heard Rocky Top before, but when the banjo kicked in, I was like, oh, they're serious about this. This is oh, yeah. none of this is a joke. None of this is this is real life. Oh, no, it's it's a way of life, you might say, John. You could say that. Uh, also, Tennessee orange is just a hard color to pull off. You know, it doesn't it really is. give you a lot of sartorial options. But uh, it was a it was a good time. It was it's it's fun to see people get because I, I think for me, as someone who didn't really get the big time college sports experience, and who's only really cared about professional sports, but you know, has cared about them. You know, I'm a Boston sports fan in New York City. It's not it's not it's not the greatest match. Mm. But to see a whole crowd of people just really, really into something from the depths of their burnt orange hearts, that was cool. Um, and I, I did I did come to understand why it just means more in the SEC. It even really if that only does. extended for one half of football. Hey, but I mean, even the second half, you just see the, dem- the demoralization of all those Tennessee fans uh, like myself uh, with what was happening in the second half. Um, and just how much uh, devastation uh, Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide can uh, can lay still in twenty. Yeah, that that team is uh, Alabama is an artillery barrage uh, when when they are when you are underneath them. Like it is. Look just... at John Taylor over here, Mister College Football Man himself. He's ready to have firing off Nick I was, Saban. I was going to say, my let's let's we'll do the take of the week. Will just be college football related. Uh, it'll just be seeing if I can name more than five top 25 teams that are not Alabama. Well, let's not do that. Actually, after spending a whole afternoon with me, John, and watching the game, can you name three Tennessee volunteers from that game on Saturday? Well, I remember the dude named Squirrel White because that's, yes. that's a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quarterback, Joe Milton. The that's third. two? You're almost there? Uh, that's where I stop. There's no chance I name a third player. No chance? No. Those are the only two guys whose names I heard or saw enough times for them to embed themselves in my brain can you name the coach no no josh heupel josh heupel josh heupel heupel Heupel. josh heupel Mm -hmm. 
That's a okay. Well, no, I, I that was that was beyond me. Like I said, the, the world of college football is is confusing and 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 bizarre to me. Perfect. Full of and not full of cheating. It's well, look, I'm not a Michigan fan, so I don't have to. I don't have to. Your you Instagram know, would say otherwise, John. I want you go to one Michigan game <laughs> as someone's guest, and then mm. all of a sudden now you've been accused of cheating. <laughs> And 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 doing illicit things, mm. uh, and corrupting the integrity of the Big Ten or whatever whatever that conference is now called, mm. Big America. No, it's Big Ten, um, but it it really is Big America at this point. I was gonna say, are there even ten teams in it anymore? No, they're about to be sixteen. I mean, there should be the Big Sixteen. I don't know what what are we doing here? I mean, I think it was Spencer Hall who tweeted out maybe years ago. There was a one of those old tweets where it's like uh, the people who dis- who thought that naming conferences based on uh numbers just a big whoopsie way yeah. back in the day like what yeah, that was just doopsie. a huge error in judgment and how things would go long term yeah I, I really do think there probably is no good way to name conferences when you when you run into the problem with any sport that there is just going to be expansion at some point you know the mm-hmm. fact that the like and granted i think baseball probably is it better than most because you know a team like atlanta is on the eastern part of the united states so it can be in the national league east but um it, it's a little i mean i guess the, the the texas teams i guess well texas is per, like perpetually uh historically and in a sense philosophically the west so it makes sense you know that the texas teams would be in their respective west division but at the same time, you know, it's, it's it's also the middle of the country. Texas is the middle of the damn country. You know, it mm. should be the AL middle. We should, you know, I, or I guess well, that that's the AL central. This is this is really going places. This take of mine. This is there my take. Get... Rename the central divisions the middle, because <laughs> that's where they belong. Is in the middle because they're not good. But um, yeah, and that wasn't even worthy of the rim shot, honestly. Take graphs. Your take of the week. John Taylor is. You know, I, I I gotta say, for what will be our last show of ahead of actual live baseball. Well, I, I I shouldn't say what will be because there's a chance if the World Series goes more than four games, we'll do this next Wednesday before mm. Game Five. Um, so there. I would be more expect baseball. more than four games in this series. I, I I would too. Um, I gotta say, maybe it's just a simple thing. This has been a really good postseason. I I think you know. I think. In particular, these two championship series have been fantastic. And I think that says a lot in particular about where baseball is right now, that you can have, you know, you can have an 85 or how many wins did the Dynamax finish with? 84? It is. Yeah, the magic number were the Braves 80, what, 86 when they won? 88, something like that. 88, yeah. You know, that you can have an 84 win team make it to the World Series. I think, honestly, that's a great thing. For as much as I'll sit there and complain about, you know, a team like the Marlins, or really even the Diamondbacks, with a negative run differential, and you know, would really probably would not have been here without the expanded playoff slate. Although they would have been the old second wild card, but you know, that's if they get out of the wild card game against what would have been the number four seed. Um, I guess the Phillies. Mm. But funny enough, but you know, the the fact that that they can make it this far, and I I made a point of it too. It's like this is a team that's you know. This is not the, I don't think, the 2007 Rockies, where it's one of those, like, they just got super hot at the right time, but you look at that team and you're like, oh, no, this is an actually good team. This Diamondbacks team is feisty in a good way, and I think has the kinds of pieces that can make a legitimate run out of it. And I think the other side of that is Texas, 
you know, a, a team that was just great all season with the exception of that one month that legitimately earned its place here, that beat, you know, a very good Houston team in the process, that beat a very good Baltimore team in the process, that beat a flawed but good Tampa Bay team in the process. It, it says a lot about the varying avenues now, it feels like, that there are to success within the sport. You know, on the mm. one hand, especially the, the way these rosters look, on the one hand, you have Texas, which spent a lot of money to get here on... Uh, Corey Seager, on Marcus Semien, on Jacob deGrom, who isn't part of this roster right now, obviously, but still that money counts, on getting Max Scherzer, on, you know, just building this roster. And then on the other side of things, you have the Diamondbacks, who, you know, when, and, and this is the point that's been made over and over again going into this World Series. I expect it'll be probably the dominant narrative of this World Series. Two years ago, these were 100 lost teams. You know, these, are, these were teams who were about as far as, could, as they could be from this level of contention. And yet here they are, and they took different paths to get there. And I think particularly when it comes to Arizona, it's worth noting and celebrating. That was a 100-loss team that did not look around and go, well, time to burn it all down. They got to those, they got to those 100-plus losses, honestly. That, that Diamondbacks team in 2021 was really, really bad. Mm. But they were able to turn it around and figure it out without nuking themselves in the process and dooming their fans to some kind of endless Pirates-like existence of just, well, maybe we'll make it, but maybe we won't. And some of that is luck, some of that is uh, is design, you know, those two things I think go hand in hand when you're building a baseball team. Some of that is, hey, we, we've had both the luck to draft Corbin Carroll, and then the intelligence and skill to turn him into what he is now. But it, it, to me, it just, you know, for a while there, it kind of felt like baseball was on this path where the only acceptable way forward was tank to get to turn it around and make yourself into this kind of you know or better said if you're if you're not one of the super teams that the only way forward was just to lose until you built up enough prospect capital to be better and i appreciate that especially after a season two in which you know everyone has made a point of oh the padres spent all this money and they didn't make it the mets spent all this money and they didn't make it you know i like that the rangers are here and i like that they are here to prove that no, that you can act, you can go forward this way. You just have to be smart about it. And I think yeah. similarly with Arizona, you just have to be smart about it. Which I don't, I don't know if that's really much of a take. Be smart in the team you build is is not exactly you know going out on a limb here. But it's but, also like the part of this lesson. I don't know if you're going here too, John. It's that, and this is something that I'm very curious. Uh, Arizona, who by the way should be required to wear the purple patch. Uh, yes. uniforms in the World Series. Throwbacks, throwbacks the whole time. Wear the expansion season uniforms wear the 98 d-backs uniforms they're so much better i don't they know really like you, you just go back and look at them ahead of this series and i'm like <clears throat> it's just so forgettable what they're wearing now they're just not unique and they don't really stand out i just they're black yeah, the, the sedona red or, or whatever you yeah, want to call work. it it's, it's fine but it, it it honestly feels more expansion than the 1998 diamondbacks i would agree jerseys and also pinstripe uniforms never look bad in major league baseball they no. always look good they Go back to work. the purple sleeves. Like, yes, especially because honestly, look, this World Series, at least for the the one or for the two to three games that we get in Arizona, is going to be some real 2001 throwback hours. We're going to mm. get Luis Gonzalez in the building. We're going to get Tony Womack in the building. We're yeah. going to get, uh, uh, we're, you know, Randy Johnson's already there. Kurt Schilling is not invited and <laughs> cannot show up to these games. But we're going to get Miguel Batista. Mm -hmm. uh, Byung Young Kim is going to be there, folks. Mm. It's going to be so beautiful. Uh, people um, are already the, talking about Steve it. Steve Finley? Steve Finley's going to be there. Matt Manti is going to be there. Uh, Craig Council? 
Craig Council is going to be interviewing with the Mets for their manager job, so he probably will not be there. But I would love to see... He's got to... Instead of having Craig Council throw out a first pitch, he's got to go up and take a first at-bat so we can see him do his weird, yeah. like, janky, yeah. uh, whatever swing again. But Rubio Durazo is going to be there. Who David DeLucci is going to be there. The third baseman for the 2001 Diamondbacks? That is a great... Uh, Jay Bell. Jay Bell Jay is going to be there. You know? Let's remember some guys. Where's David Roth? Get him on the phone. Jay yeah, Bell. Mark Grace is, well, Mark Grace probably shouldn't be there either. Damian Miller <laughs> is going to be there. Junior Spivey. Where's Midre Cummings? Alex Cintrone. Jack Cust. Jack Cust was on this team? Really? Wow. That doesn't ring a bell. Uh, Albie Lopez. Come on down. Greg Swindell. I remember that. Uh, Armando Reynoso. Bobby Don't. Witt Sr., one of his last seasons. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is, look, we're... Bring the so maybe actually you know that we're gonna I'm gonna throw it all away. That's my take. Arizona to win this World Series must embrace the early expansion days. Wear the uniforms. Bring the guys back. Yeah. Uh, that is their only hope in order to defeat the Texas Rangers, who don't really. I guess the Rangers don't really have that same expansion vibe. But I also 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 I just feel too. like I don't know. We'll get into it. But the other part of it too with the Diamondbacks before we lose sight of them here. And that's just been the postseason story. Losing side of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Each team, each series is like losing side of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And they just sneak around. They're well, like, they're, oh my God, wait, we just lost the Diamondbacks? Snakes. The snakes yeah. are, they're snakes. They're very hard to see. They tend to stay in the grass. And then before yes. you know it, they, they bite you. I, I mean, that is how a, a sneaky snake does it, John. And it's alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just, I hope there, there's this idea now in sports. And like, I think the Rangers, we talked about it on last week's show. They're set up to dominate the AL next year. They're going to stick around for a, a little while. Like, they're spending enough. They have enough young talent. Like, they should be around uh, the the top of the AL for the next couple of years. Yes. The Diamondbacks are ahead of schedule, but it's also, like, one of those things. They scouted well. They've drafted and developed well, but they can't rest in their laurels. And, like, if you're a Diamondbacks fan, this is the time. It's weird in sports that you have to do this, but now, if you're a Diamondbacks fan this winter, you need to be in Nashville like, hey, hey. That was great. Great run. Now keep Do going. something. Now keep, keep doing going. this because we are not going to be the favorites over the Dodgers next year. We're not going to be the favorites over the Padres. Like you need to keep spending. You need to build off this. You this is not sustainable at this current number and with the talent that we have. There's a reason we won 84 games this year. Like there's a re- this was not a preseason juggernaut. The, no, this I is not the- a roster built to make 3 of 6 World Series. You're not So you need to put the pressure on now. You're ahead of schedule. But keep going. Like you need to build off this. You need to ride this wave. You need to overindulge this winner if you're the Diamondbacks. Regardless I, of how this series goes. I, I would agree with that that you need to take advantage of the time being now, especially when you keep in mind too that Al a la Texas, Arizona has a good farm system that is currently producing that is mm. gonna keep them uh relatively well stocked in young, cost controlled guys. This is the time is this this is my thing. When you get to this point in contention, doesn't matter essentially whether you're here by accident or by or by design this is now the point where your window is open and you have to take advantage of it and i think mm. it, the similar vibe to me is what the royals did when they found themselves in this place uh in 2014 when they lost the giants they very easily could have said you know what it was a fun ride but it would be it would be crazy to keep build-. no they went out the next year they made big deadline trades to get guys they needed they went out and then they finished it and won the world series let I mean, there's you know, and then they cease to exist as a franchise, and there's nothing to be said about the Royals past that point. But 
they they saw that the window was open they maximized their moves in order to keep it open to win a championship and they did that and i think you're right that when you're if you're arizona win or lose this world series you now see what this what this core is capable of together and you know too that this core it's a young core between carol between uh gabriel moreno between zach gallon you know there are guys here who are going to be here for a bit this is not you know this is not just a random one year uh group of dudes who that's you know when the season ends they're scattered to the four winds this is an opportunity to build something long term in arizona which i think you know mike hazen and company were already doing but i think you're right this is the opportunity to turbocharge it you know and maybe this is the sign to go out during this offseason and say hey why can't we go after blake snell why can't we go after aaron mm-hmm. nola you know why can't we take a take an investment in matt chapman and see if that works out for us you know there there is room to do that and i think it'll be really it'll be really interesting to see cuz like like you said texas i you know i as we both said texas is going to be here again they're mm-hmm. they're a really really good roster that's already shown a willingness to spend on in the places that need to be spent i want to see that from arizona too and i think that's just generally what i want to see from teams in any of these positions if you're a team that goes into a season feeling comfortably like hey we've got a core good enough at least to get us to the postseason then maximize that maximize that to the best of your ability because you never know mm-hmm. if anything this playoff these postseason this postseason proves you never know no one i don't think i think you could go back and look at every single major baseball publication and websites pre postseason predictions to see if anyone picked the diamondbacks Forget even to, to to win or make it to the World Series, even just to get out of the wild card round. Yeah. I guarantee, though, not a single person picked the Diamondbacks to be in the World Series, and yet here they yeah. are. You know, I guarantee not a single person before the season picked the Diamondbacks to make it to the World Series. Uh, I, I read a piece, uh, I think it was Tom Verducci in SI, noting that our, that our Fangraphs odds had the Diamondbacks more likely to finish last in the division than they did to make it to the division series. Yeah. You know? Anything can happen, particularly when you get to October. The postseason structure, as it works now, is is just basically created to do that. So if you're a team in the Diamondbacks position where you have that talent, you have that baseline of, say, you know, you, you feel comfortable, you know you're going to be an above 500 team, go for it because yeah. you never, ever know. And I think the Phillies, even though they lost, are proof of that too. You know, you've seen, you know, they, they lost the World Series last year. They were one win away from going back to the World Series this year. Um obviously didn't work out but again you go for it because these opportunities once that window's open you don't know how long it's going to stay open you need to prop it open and keep it open as long as you can yeah no i 100 percent agree john taylor <clears throat> um world series as a whole yes why the d-backs will win john taylor first and then why the rangers will win the world series second here so i think with arizona the big thing right now is Honestly, and, and this feels weird to say for a team that had a bad bullpen all season, but this bullpen right now is firing on every last cylinder. I think the mm. one the one maybe weak link you find there right now is the rookie Andrew Salfrank, the lefty. Mm. Tori Lavulo really could not seem to find a good spot for him. Brought him up against some high-leverage lefties. It did not really work out. But between Ryan Thompson, Kevin Ginkle, Paul Sewald, uh, you know, that group in particular, that trio in particular has been really, really impressive. I think Arizona is going to have a better time, an easier time getting through the late innings, especially compared to Texas's bullpen, where it really just is Jose Leclerc and Josh Boers right now, and then praying that Aroldis Chapman doesn't do too many Aroldis Chapman things. Mm. Like, you know, hit a dude in the back of the leg at 104 miles an hour, which I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> I can't 
You know that there's a there's a prompt that goes around social media every now and again. It's like, would you agree to get into the ring with Mike Tyson for one hundred thousand dollars or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know that there's an amount of money you could pay me to get hit anywhere on my body by a by something traveling a hundred and four miles an hour. Yeah. The fact that uh, I forget who it was that got hit by that ball uh, by Chapman. It was I think Chaz McCormick. The yeah. fact that he was able to get up within any amount of time after that happening. And didn't just lay there like his like he had just taken a cannonball to the knee. Really impressive stuff. But who was the A who took the booty ball? Uh, Sean Murphy. Sean. Oh, that, was Sean, that Sean? That was Sean Murphy who was uh, caked up, uh, yeah. double caked up even. He was. He's double caked. Yeah. He and Mark what, you, what was that? Was that a? That was. That, I feel like that was a fastball. I think it was right off the tuchus. Yeah. Good for so, him. See, I mean, that's probably if well, you want to get hit it with a fastball, that's probably I mean, like the best spot, right? He's a, he's a catcher. They got buns of steel, so they're you know that's, that's true. That's the ideal place for them to be plunked. But right, I feel like if I had to pick, I mean, I'd probably pick there. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna pick a place that is, you want something soft and fleshy. So I think yeah. either that or like the thigh, ideally, especially because the bone, the you know, the femur mm-hmm. bone in the thigh is the strongest bone in the human body. So the odds of is it, that true? Yes, it is basically it basically has the same strength as concrete. It's really, huh. really hard to break a femur. Um, Did not know that. So you, you probably want to wear a ball off somewhere in that kind of butt to thigh region. Someone's gonna uh, listen to this, take one to the femur, snap it. Yeah, and be it's like, just gonna like break in half. They're gonna be lying there in a puddle, like going, "Why?" The podcasters <laughs> told me this was safe. The Chase Thomas podcast lied to me. <laughs> um, this fucking hurts. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just the scene from Billy or from uh, Happy Gilmore where he's standing in the batting cage taking balls to the chest. Um, so yeah, I, I was trying to trying to figure out even where the, where the topic was in the first place. Uh, I, I think Arizona late innings bullpen uh, has there's a real advantage for them there. I think the top of the lineup, in particular, given how slow Marcus Semyon has been for the Rangers versus the combination of Kettle Marte and Corbin Carroll. I mm. think it, uh, Arizona in particular has a lot of speed that they can utilize on the base paths um, that, you know, you really saw it, especially in game seven against the Phillies, the way they immediately got Philly off their game by running pretty aggressively. I think that's something you'll probably continue to see mm. uh, going forward. Uh, I, th- you know, otherwise, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, when you when you talk World Series preview, it's never it never really feels like, you know, you, you look at an NBA finals preview. It's like, oh, this and this matchup or so and so going against each other. It's like. The only real matchups that happen are just the pitcher batter ones, and then the idea of like, okay, well, game one will be Jordan Montgomery versus or Nate Yavaldi versus uh, I am assuming Zach Gallen or mm. one of Zach Gallen or Merrill Kelly, probably Gallen. So you know, but there's I, in other words, otherwise these two teams feel pretty well matched in most regards. Yeah, you know, I think the pitching the pitching feels kind of the same for both of them. They both have uh, pretty good options for their number two starters. Number three is a little shaky. On Texas' side, you've got Max Scherzer, who did not look particularly good in either of his two starts against Houston. For Arizona, you've got Brandon Fott, who has looked very good, but on the other hand, I don't think, or very better said, does not look like a guy that Torrey Lavulo trusts to get more than twice through the lineup, maybe start the third time, but no, I don't know, really know about that. And then the fourth start is really just going to be a total toss-up. You know, Arizona went with the bullpen game. Uh, Texas went with... Uh, Andrew Haney, which quickly gave way to Dane Dunning, so basically a bullpen game with long relievers. You know, the lineups, I think Texas has more power. Arizona's probably got more speed. Defensively, these are both two pretty good defensive teams all the way around. Um, you know, th- this does really feel like an, a, a pretty evenly matched World Series. It does not feel like 
one team really has a substantial edge anywhere. Like I said, I think the one that really stands out to me for, for Arizona, it's the late innings with the bullpen. For Texas, it's a lineup that I think more similar to Philly has the ability to to hit a home run from pretty much anywhere, top to bottom in that lineup, uh, you know, that just gets some instant offense on the board. With Arizona, you didn't really see that. You know, mm. some some home runs scattered in there aside, and obviously that there's always a threat of that from Carroll, from Christian Walker, from Gabby Moreno. You know, that's more a team that is building its runs bit by bit. You know, like I said, you know, aggressive base running, uh, going going into the gaps with their with their line drives, you know, trying to kind of uh, create runs that way. So, you know, I, I, I don't again, I don't know that either of those really lends itself to saying, oh, well, I think this is, you know, that this is necessarily what makes this team that gives this team the advantage over the other. I do think, though, that the late innings really are going to make a difference here because neither team has the kind of pitcher with the possible exception of, I think, Gallon and Yavaldi are the two guys I'd look at who's going to go more than six innings. You know, this is going to require a lot of high leverage late inning relief, especially because two, I don't think these are teams that are going to, you know, they're not going to see blowouts on either side. I think this is going to be, these are going to be close games. I think regardless of whether they're low scoring or high scoring, I think these teams keep pace with each other. So, I mean, that's, that's really, I think the big thing I worry about with Texas is, you know, beyond jo- beyond Jose Leclerc, who's pitched in seemingly every postseason game since the beginning of time, and Josh Spores, who's been really, really good for Texas out of, as their main right uh, setup right-hander out of the bullpen, they are really lacking in options. And I think that's going to be one of Bruce Bochy's biggest uh, tasks is figuring out how to navigate innings six through nine, you know, assuming that he doesn't want to try to get more length out of his starters, which also tricky given how late in the season we are, how much work these guys have already done. Um, Getting a better Scherzer, I think, if you want to look at why Texas will win, it's going to mm. be because Max Scherzer comes back and pitches like Max Scherzer. That mm. alone would be such an enormous boost, particularly in, in with regards to the bullpen. He's thrown a grand total of, I think, about six or seven innings and two starts. They need more from him than that, particularly, again, with the fact that Game 4 will almost certainly be a Haney-Dunning uh, double-up that I, I don't know that Texas can feel all that great about. But, you know, the more length that those starters can absorb, the better, because the bullpen options are just... Bruce Bochy clearly does not trust anyone in that bullpen beyond Spores and Leclerc. No, and I'm... I just... I have a hard time picking against the Diamondbacks, John. Do you? Well, that's and that's the other part of it, too, is, like, the, the intangible factor of, like, this team just has the vibe, you know? Yeah. And granted, we would be saying that, I think, about the Phillies, too, had it been the Phillies who would advance... And that's also not to take anything away from Texas, who is, again, just whooped on the Rays, whooped yeah. on the Orioles, um, managed to avoid blowing a series, to the, not just blowing a series to the Astros, but coming back from down 3-2 and yeah. an absolute gut punch of a loss in Game 5. Almost killing a Burger King fan. Almost killing a Burger King fan in the process. <laughs> um, an all-time great. I don't know if I haven't seen a follow-up interview with that woman, but she needs to be found, and I have so many follow-up questions about yeah, like, who just how her night was going. in like that? Like, it's just the strangest way to be sitting directly at the outfield fence, just... And also head, not like, moving. How do you not, not realize the ball's going towards you with everyone else around you standing up, getting ready and, like, to catch trying the ball? To, yeah, trying to... Yeah, it's... But look, I... I Arizona so does... Arizona does feel like they have the the air about them right now not necessarily they inevitability the they yes they have as the kids would say they have mm. the juice they have the um, riz is that what is the riz i think riz is like your your it's like the new like you're cool you could talk to women i think that's oh, riz okay so the diamondbacks are pickup artists yes okay yeah so they're going to nag the rangers <laughs> 
This is we, we're so washed. It's, we're so it, old. And I washed. look. I've accepted that. I am thirty or forty years old. Like I'm I, thirty or forty. Mm-hmm. You know, I I am well aware of how old and out of touch I am with the great majority of culture. I'm okay with that though because yeah. I don't I don't need to be anymore. Like I you know I I, I stay at home on the weekends. I, I wear flannel sweatpants. Like you know I I. I read large books about the the naval battles of the Second World War. Like I'm, I I'm embracing it. Look, I'm I'm on a I'm talking about baseball. That is as washed as it can possibly get. Like, wow. You know, there's and th- no offense to baseball, but offense to baseball. Like baseball is not a sport for the cool youths. Like no, no matter how many commercials you have of dudes hitting home runs with bad EDM playing in the background. Like, I don't know. know. I think it's still cool for the youth in the South. Like if you look at the talent coming out of the oh, pipeline sure. in the South, like it just it, it depends on the area. You know what's well, cool? It, Tennessee Volunteer Baseball, John Taylor. Think, glad you asked. If you want to get into some fall ball, no, continue. I, I will say that, uh, and then this is the the general. Uh, I think this point has been made that you know the the biggest baseball fans will always be the folks who played it, and of course, yeah. you know, being in the South, being able to play it year round and the level yeah. of competition. Uh, yeah, I think that region is always, always going to be the most interested, with the exception of the old folks up here in the Northeast. But yeah, um, it really is a weather issue. Yeah. Also, can you imagine, like, imagine Rob Manfred's face when he learned that the World Series is going to be between Texas and Arizona, happening mm. at the same time that the NBA season is starting, the NFL is in full swing, college football is going, and he's got to try to figure out a way to sell huge, crazy desert metropolis against other huge, crazy desert metropolis. Where you can name like maybe three guys on the two teams combined if you're a casual baseball fan. But can we also say, I'm glad you brought this up. The f- I'm gonna curse again. Oh, the oh, fucking wow. dorks who care so much <laughs> about ratings in this shit. If your first reaction is to any sporting event of, oof, I don't know what these TV execs are gonna. I don't know how you sell blank blank blank. That is not your job. Your job, you you lucked out. You don't have one of the worst jobs in America, where you have to watch sports through the lens of how am I going to get people to watch this? Uh-oh. Yeah, the, the worst to... job, the worst job in America is Speaker of the House. Apparently, well, that's also true. Or President of Baseball Operations for the Boston Red Sox. One of those two, given how many people either said no or got rejected for it. <laughs> Both uh, fair and uh, points well taken, John. But in terms of just like looking at this game, like folks. I promise you, you're not getting hired by NBC to have these conversations. You don't have to worry about this. This is not why you watch sports. You do not watch for ratings. Stop watching for ratings or tweeting about, ooh, I don't know how people... Like, the Nuggets run last year. Ooh, the Nuggets are awesome. What does that mean for uh, the NBA? Oh, San Antonio with this dynasty. What does that mean? You know what was awesome? San Antonio basketball for like 15 years. They were really yeah, fun to watch. You, they were you, very... Why do you, you care? Know... Don't care what market they're in. Yeah, Just you know enjoy awesome? Tim Duncan. You... You know what's awesome? Nikola Jokic. Just yeah, like, perpetually. What? That dude rules. Like, I don't watch any basketball, and I know that. That dude's Now, great. if your issue is there's not a lot of star power, like, you're like, hey, I wish there were some needle movers in terms of, like, Bryce Harper, like him or hate him, he was a needle mover. And the Phillies team had a lot of personalities that were needle movers. The Astros, even though a lot of those guys have departed over the last few years, they were a needle mover in terms, not of ratings, but just, like, obvious guys to a lot of the culture and they were just bigger bigger names and if you're saying to, that to say part, nothing of to say nothing of the narrative with the astros too where it's you right know, the easy just like the the evil cheaters who cheated like you know yeah I, I think that's the thing is like yeah a rangers diamondbacks world series and, and look i i don't care about the ratings at all mlb yeah. gets its money regardless fox got its money regardless yeah the sport of baseball will go on even if only 
a thousand people watch each one of these games. Yes. And for for people who like baseball and care about it, who gives a shit? It's gonna be yes. a fun. It's gonna be a fun matchup between two really cool teams. I think that's the thing, though, is that the narrative. If you want to try to construct one for Arizona, Texas, that's kind of why I said that. I think the dominant narrative of this is gonna be, boy, these two teams were stinky as hell two years ago, and yeah. now look at them. But there is not really an obvious star. And they got there in totally different ways. And they did. And I think, but I think that's probably the narrative that's more interesting to people who already care about Mm. what's going on in the sport and already care about uh, the postseason in general. I Mm. I think that's the thing. This is not a World Series that's going to bring in casual and outside fans to be like, oh, hey, this cool. Like, I don't know that the casual fan or even, I've said it better said, I don't know that the, the, you know, the outside person or even a casual fan, like, is really aware of like, oh, hey, Adolis Garcia, that guy's awesome. Like, yeah. he is awesome, and I really hope that he continues doing what he's doing, and I really am sad that we didn't get Rangers Phillies because I really would have enjoyed him and Bryce Harper just having a petty, like, I, I made a point. Those two would have been cutting WWE-style promos the <laughs> entire time, yeah. and I would have loved it. Um, but I'm, And that's kind of the thing. Baseball just doesn't lend itself to that kind of, like, everybody come in, like, who are the two teams that would have been matched up in this World Series that would have brought that kind of attention? It would have had to have been like Yankees Phillies or Yankees Dodgers or or, or something like that. Braves Astros like, Part Two. Yeah, and even that, I think a lot of I, I think you would have heard still from a lot of people. It's like one, oh, we did this last year. It's boring. I don't want to do it again. And also, well, who are the stars on this? Well, Ronald Acuna. But mm. so I I think you know, and again, I I don't. MLB's problems when it comes to marketing and advertising and all that are not, not my problem. problems. They're no one yeah. else's problems. And honestly, if MLB can't figure out a way to make, hey, these are two really good teams that play really fun baseball, exciting and interesting to people, well, then they should, the, the people in charge of that should do get better jobs or get yeah. different jobs or something else. But, you know, I, I do think it is going to be just purely on a, from the sense of like, I, I am interested to see how many people will tune in. But I also think the other part of ratings is, especially nowadays, when there are 18 million viewing options for you beyond the live sports on your TV, and when fewer and fewer people actually even bother having live television be a part of their lives, those numbers don't really matter anymore. You know, yeah. it, it's those cannot be the be-all, end-all of what is and what is not popular, to say nothing of whether or not baseball is in a quote-unquote good place. You know, baseball's in a great place. Baseball has never, ever been better than what it is now. Uh, the only, you know, the only exception with that being that, you know, occasionally the sport will still do some weird things by being like, hey, we're just going to have a dude stand on second in extra innings now. That's just the thing now. And everyone just kind of has to go, oh, okay, I guess so. But the game itself, the way it's played, especially the players on the field, have never, ever been better. And the sport has never, I think, had better performances, has never just had a better kind of vibe around it. Like, again, these two teams have had really cool postseasons. The ALCS and the NLCS were both fantastic series all the way around. And I think this should be a really fun World Series, too. I'm hoping it will be, you know. I want to, for as much as, as, you know, in working in baseball, like, I want a four-game series so we can all just kind of, you know, move on and whatnot. No, give me a seven-game series, man. Give me all the all the drama, all the back and forth, all the action. At least one or oldest Chapman blown save. Just give me all of that. I I'm here for it. Um, John, most likely not to make it back to the championship series between the Phillies and the Astros next year. Who do you think is more unlikely to make it back? I think, and this is tough because I think the, both the Phillies and the Astros are in kind of, uh, oddly similar places, especially with regards to their division where 
On Philly, on, on Philly's side, the giant block in front of them is the Atlanta Braves. For as much as the Braves did not have a good postseason, I don't think that translates to next year. Uh, I think we talked about that Braves team is not really losing much in the way of uh, the roster that won as many games as it did last year. That, that core is almost entirely coming back. They have some pitching issues to figure out, but that fit, that Braves team is still going to be there, still standing in the Phillies' way. I expect the Mets to be better. Maybe not that much better, but I expect them to be better. Similarly, with Houston, you have to take into account Texas. I think, as we've, you know, we've said over and over, it's a legitimate contender. You have to take into account that Seattle is... Well, I'm not going to take into account Seattle doing anything because Seattle's not going to do anything if they don't, because they usually don't do anything. But there is a possible universe where Seattle signs Shohei Otani and the AL West gets that much more complicated. You know, there is no guaranteed path, I think, for either of those teams. And you saw it based on the fact that the Phillies were a wild card and the, the Astros were a uh, on-paper tiebreaker away from being the wild card. Mm. You know, and once you become a wild card, regardless of the fact that both Texas and Arizona are here as wild card teams... It's that much harder with the extra round you have to play, not having home field advantage, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. So I think that is an issue for both. I will say just based purely on what I expect for 2024, I think the Phillies might have a harder time, and that's probably because Houston is not really losing any core pieces to free agency. Michael mm. Brantley and Martin Maldonado are the main free agents that they have. You know, I know Dusty Baker, who, and that, I guess that's the, maybe that even the biggest loss for Houston is the fact that Dusty Baker is retiring. They're going to have to go find a new manager. That, I think, is sh will likely have some impact, but at least the players on the field, you know, I don't know that you really lose anything by, by having Brantley walk at this point. I think it would just be a net positive at this point if Maldonado leaves, if mm -hmm. only so the next manager can't also develop a hopeless affection with him. Uh, whereas with the Phillies, the main thing they're going to have to figure out is, what do we do about Aaron Nola? You know, mm -hmm. is it, do you resign him? Do you let him go? If you do let him go, who are you bringing in to fill that spot? complicated by the fact that, you know, the top of the free agent pitching market really is NOLA. It's NOLA, it's Blake Snell, and it's Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the, the Japanese uh, ace who's going to be posted this offseason and who's going to get the biggest contract of any of them. Assuming hmm. the Phillies, I assume the Phillies will be in on Yamamoto, I think every major contender will be, but it's not going to be easy if they let NOLA go to find a replacement. It really is just Yamamoto and Snell, and those guys are going to cost, Yamamoto will definitely cost more, and Snell will probably cost as much, if not more, than NOLA. So what the Phillies do there, I think, is going to be really interesting. Similarly, uh, Reese Hoskins, who granted did not play a single inning this year because of his torn ACL, also a free agent. I'll be curious to see what the Phillies do with him. Bryce Harper was obviously the first baseman down the stretch and in the postseason. I don't know if that's something Philly wants to continue with. Um, I think it probably works out better for them defensively, if so, because that lets Kyle Schwarber uh, stay as the DH. Or, or, or I mean, uh, maybe I, I think probably the better defensive alignment probably is what they had in the postseason with Brandon Marsh and Johan Rojas and then Nick Castellanos and Wright uh, with Schorber at the DH and Harper at first base. I don't know if that's what they'll do going forward. They still need to figure that out. You know, I think both of these teams will, will still be in the mix. I don't expect either of them to pull to pull a Cardinals and just vanish for no reason. You know, they just mm. suddenly are terrible now. I think they'll both be contenders again next year. I expect both of them to be in the playoffs again next year. But... I don't know. I, I can't help but feel, and you can make the argument two ways, or you can make the argument either way. For the Philly side, you can make the argument that, you know, the vibes were never more right. The timing never looked better than it did this 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 fall to go to make it all the way. This team really did have the look of a, of a legitimate, viable World Series contender. They got one win away. You know, I, I don't know how you replicate that. Um, again, it's a good thing that the major piece they're only losing is Nola, but they also have to figure out they need a better high leverage bullpen option. 
then Craig Kimbrell, ideally uh, as the closer. For Houston, again, everyone's one year older. I, I think the bigger thing for Houston is 2024 and beyond because you've got both Altuve and Bregman reaching the end of their extensions. Uh, you still, again, got to figure out uh, a, a way to keep that roster competitive and together. But it, it almost feels to me like maybe with this Houston team, you're kind of you're reaching the end of a particular era. Whereas with this Phillies team, it feels like that moment is still there for them, but it's like, how do you come back after two back-to-back -back disappointments like that, of being so close two times in a row and then not getting it? Does that wear on them? Does that have a psychological effect? Or does that make them uh, come back stronger, so to speak? Again, all, the, uh, all this stuff is intangible. It's really hard to say one way or the other. I don't know that I can decide, ultimately. I don't know that I can decide. I think I, I, think I said, I expect both of them to be contenders again, but I... I gun to my head... I'd say it's probably less likely that the Phillies are here again. That that ride that they went on the last two years, I don't know how you replicate it three times in a row. You know, it, it's it's a lot what they did. Where the Astros again, it just feels inevitable. But yeah, it, it will stop being inevitable agree. at some point. But I would go uh, Phillies more likely not to make it back. Um, and I also just think that NL the top of the NL just continues to be a little bit beefier. And I just think the. Uh, I think well, the I AL is still pretty. Too. Like the Yankees, I think will still be down next year. The Red Sox obviously are gonna be down. Yeah, a lot uh, of a lot of what happens with the Astros is gonna depend on what Baltimore does, yeah. what Texas does, uh, what Tampa Bay does, what the Yankees do. Because you're right, there are a lot of question marks with regards to the AL's top contenders. Yeah. Whereas with the NL, you feel good about the Braves, you feel good about the Dodgers, uh, even if this is the end of Clayton Kershaw. You feel good. About, I think you feel better about the Padres because you know they're not just going to. AJ Preller is not just going to sit yeah. back and go, well, that didn't work. Diamondbacks you know, also. I mean, the, gonna, and the Giants now, are going to keep trying. The Giants are going to keep trying. I think, you know, you're going to see. Um, I, I think the Cubs are in a place where they might finally be ready uh, yeah. to make some moves again. The Mets, you know, with Steve Cohen, are not just going to sit back and go, well, another 75 win season incoming. I don't know. Nothing would surprise me with Cohen and the Mets. Like, I have no idea what to do with them because there's some I, Boston Red Sox Heim Bloom vibes here a little bit with I, the new... Well, let, let's, see what, let's see what David Stearns does. I do think that, similar to Bloom, the priority for him is going to be we've got to build this farm system yep. up so it's producing on the regular. But I don't know that Cohen and particularly that fan base are going to swallow. And that means we're going to aim for 82 wins from yep. here into the end of the earth. Like, but... I do think, I think yeah, that's I, the problem is like if you want to go that way, it's like I don't know if you have to explain to Cohen like this is a four to five year deal if you go down that rabbit hole. But like, I, I this, do think that sorry, I, do, I yeah. was gonna say I do think it's a good point that you made that the top of the AL seems a little riper to be taken down, whereas with the NL, the Phillies had the not just the I would say it's not luck that they took out the Braves two years in a row, but mm. they also had the luck that the Dodgers got knocked out two years in yeah. a row before they had to face them. Um, at luck, I should say. I mean, the Diamondbacks beat them anyway, but you know. Those two teams are going to be atop the National League for yep. quite a bit, and that's a really hard. Those are two really hard teams to displace. So, yeah. and I th and I, I think you're right. Houston doesn't have that same challenge in front of it. It really is Texas, Baltimore. If Baltimore tries, the Yankees. If they, and I don't even know about the I don't Yankees. I think the Yankees are a challenge next year. No, and I think there's there's a lot of work that that team still needs to do. And then you get maybe to that the Blue Jays. Tier. Yeah, maybe the Blue Jays, maybe the Twins. Similarly with Baltimore, no, the, the Twins. twins I don't think there's not one person in Houston. It's like Dana Brown. It's like, uh, ooh, what do we? Yeah. What do we do if Minnesota really gets after it this winter? What are What are we yeah, every, looking at? Everyone's here? just sitting there wringing their hands, going, "But, but, but the Twins, <laughs> not the Twins, not the Twins." <laughs> 
Now I've got that old uh, country. Uh, the this is really uh, big and rich. Um, the old college game day and twins is stuck. Oh in my yeah, head. the Coors Light commercial. Yeah, yeah. And twins. Um, they should lean into that. Uh, well, apparently one of those guys is a super MAGA QAnon. Oh, well, don't dude. lean into that. I take it all back. <laughs> Which no real surprise that you know of any part of a uh, big time country uh, music. It just went, just went in that direction. Yeah. No, no offense to your country music oriented fans. I know you you live in the the capital of the state capital, the state the state that is the capital of country. Hey, there's music. a lot of good country guys uh, out there. It doesn't you don't have to be that, but uh, there are some that uh, that much is true. Uh, John Taylor, what can the good folks check out from you? Oh, as we wrap up here, ten seconds or less. Your final World Series prediction is what? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Rangers and seven. Okay. I'm gonna I go Diamondbacks and six. Okay, I, I could I could be persuaded either way. I think I just think I like Texas's lineup. I think just a bit more. Yeah, and I think that that just makes a difference to me. I think I think Rangers and seven. I think they're going to have one of those meltdown bullpen losses that makes mm-hmm. Rangers fans actively wonder if there's a point to living in the universe. <laughs> but I think they ultimately pull it out anyway. There you go. Uh, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over on Fangraphs.com today? Become a subscriber today. There's not a better time. World Series there week. Really, there yeah. really is not a better time. So obviously we will have a full World Series preview running on uh, running Thursday, actually, tomorrow. Thursday from Ben Clements is going to break down all the cool stuff about the World Series and what we can expect to find coming out of it. Uh, one thing that I recommend eventually coming that will be coming out is... Uh, our own Meg Rowley, our editor in chief, who has been, who is in Arizona and has been going to the Dimebacks games in the postseason, is going to write about basically just where this team is at and the vibe of this whole postseason. Meg is a terrific writer. I love the stuff she does. Uh, keep an eye out for that. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, we are also getting our top 50 ready. Uh, speaking of Aaron Nolan Blake, I was actually just having a conversation with Ben Clemens about that in our rankings, about uh, with those two guys. We're going to rank the top 50 free agents once free agency starts, which is five days after the end of the World Series. I know, the offseason is just immediately here. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that. That is going to be the start of all our major offseason content, which is going to include our team prospect list, which is going to include uh, Jay Jaffe's Hall of Fame content. And again, the Hall of Fame stuff is coming too, baby. That's that's about that's the offseason for you right there. Jay Jaffe uh, just getting ready, stretching as we oh, as yeah, we end this podcast. Big, big stretches, popping um, the fingers, all that. It it's gonna be wild. So now, like like the man said, now is the time to get on board with a Fangraphs membership, sixty dollars a year or five dollars a month. Or sorry, I I feel like I always get this wrong now. Uh, is it sixty dollars a year or carry the three? Take away two. You know, mm-hmm. you, when you click on the website, it'll tell you in money yes. terms what you need to give Hey, guess us. what? You can afford it. Don't even look at it. Don't you be can, a dweeb. Just yeah, sign up blindly. Just give up your avocado toast, you millennials. <laughs> Come on over to Fangraphs. Sign up what for What could a, a Fangraphs subscription cost? $5? <laughs> Illusions, Michael. Illusions. Everyone is laughing and writing and cornholing except for Fangraphs. Uh, that should be a t-shirt that should be a a t-shirt on the store put that on a t-shirt if you want I will make you that t-shirt if you sign up for a membership because of this podcast I will figure out how to make t-shirts and I will make you that t-shirt after I make one for myself and I will then wear to winter meetings yeah no and there you go 
John Taylor, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, listen to Effectively Wild on 1.6 speed, as I recommended over the weekend after you listen to this very show. Yeah, because turn, turn Ben and Megan to chipmunks if you have to. <laughs> it's an unbelievable delight because the podcast is great, but uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things I, I discovered uh, of late. Uh, John, thank you as always, my friend, and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 